they had the exercise at Sandy Hook right on their schedule for 12-14-2012. The whole state was in on it, from the governor to the lieutenant governor to the Connecticut State Police to the school board to Newtown, and it was orchestrated by the Obama administration, as I'm going to explain. Hey, friends. Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for click and play. That was Professor James Fetzer. And let me tell you guys something. Remember the quote from Woodrow Wilson, that there's a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked and complete, so pervasive, that the people who might condemn it better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it? Well, I think he was talking about Zionism. But there's two other words that people better whisper about when speaking in condemnation of it, and that's Sandy Hook. Or better yet, four words, FEMA, false flag, event. Professor James Fetzer joins us to talk about the unspeakable after a quick word from our sponsor. Just when you thought it was safe, interest rates spiked and new threats have come out of nowhere. Tensions are boiling from Asia to Europe and adapting to this turmoil is the key to safeguarding your wealth. Perhaps you've not considered gold before, but now is the time. It's insurance, and right now, you need some insurance. Noble Gold Investments has been protecting investors from disaster for years with precious metals. So if you're worried, it might be time to take a fresh look at gold and silver. Gold is a multi-century proven safe haven to shield your portfolio. And right now, Noble Gold Investments is offering a free three ounce silver American virtue coin with its new IRAs this month. If you open your Noble Gold Investments IRA or 401k rollover right now, you can claim your coin today. Remember, crisis brews, gold insulates. Secure yourself and your portfolio against the threats. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com right now. noblegoldinvestments.com. It's the gold company I trust. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very much for tuning in. It's Sean from sgtreport.com. Guys, we have a very important broadcast here for you today. It is a, a subject that I've tended to stay away from over time because I sensed the danger in this subject early on. And I'll tell you why as we get into the broadcast here. The subject at hand today is that event known as Sandy Hook. Two simple words, Sandy Hook. It is the event that essentially ruined Alex Jones' life. I mean, they took him to task. They sued him for billions of dollars because of this subject. And I'm very glad to have on the broadcast James Fetzer, retired professor James Fetzer, because James is an expert in this area and on that subject. And he, too, has been persecuted for daring to cover it. This is his website, jameshfetzer.org. I'm delighted to welcome Professor Fetzer back. How are you, sir? Oh, Sean, delighted to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Alex had to pay his dues, but then he uh, mishandled his situation completely. It was on both sides of the issue. That meant either side could have attacked him with justification because he did not have a consistent position. And he seems to have ignored the most important evidence, which was collated in the book I published in 2015, Nobody Died at Sandy Hook with 13 contributors, including six PhDs, significant because that certifies your ability to conduct original research. And we established the school had been closed by 
2008 that there were no students or teachers there and that it had been a FEMA drill presented as mass murder to promote gun control, where we even found the FEMA manual for the exercise, which I included as Appendix A. And because we blew the case apart, Amazon banned the book less than a month after it had gone on sale on 22 October 2015 on 9 November. Even though it had sold nearly 500 copies, now, Sean, if you're in the book selling business, 500 copies less than a month means it's going to be a runaway bestseller. So Amazon had to have an ulterior motive, and I'm convinced it was acting as an agent of the state and suppressing information that the Obama administration did not want to be made public. Yeah. Well, let me just play a clip for folks as we uh, repaint the picture of history here, some of which has been deleted from the interwebs. But uh, because Twitter and I just made this point recently, James, Twitter is actually now a very useful tool to find some of this stuff. If you use Twitter as a search tool, uh, roughly akin to what Google is supposed to be, you do get search results. So I want to share this with people because it's very important. And I'll remind people that Sophia Smallstorm, the researcher and mutual friend of James and mine, says, and she's referred to what happened at Sandy Hook as a FEMA capstone event. She called it that early on. Well, why would she call it that? James just made mention of it. Take a look at this. Published for this very same mock school shooting to take place on December the 13th and December the 14th. The dress rehearsal was scheduled for the 13th, and the drill where nobody died took place on December 14th, the following day. We have the manual for the FEMA drill, and it clearly instructs participants that they must sign in. And confusion over a two-day exercise could have caused Adam Lanz's death to be moved up one day by mistake. In January 2013, it was reported that the Social Security Death Index showed Adam Lanza was recorded dead on December the 13th, a day before the media claimed Lanza massacred 20 children and six adults. All right, I'm going to pause it there. The statement that nobody died at Sandy Hook has been made twice so far, one by this researcher, whose clip I just played, and once by James Fetzer. Now, I would tend to agree that that is the case, but I'm not stating that explicitly. This is an exploration for truth and justice in a world that's now upside down, where evidently you're not allowed to have these conversations lest you be sued by the people at Sandy Hook Promise. All right, I'm not on board with lawfare. So we're going to have this dangerous conversation with James Fetzer. And James, I want to play one more clip for you in just one second. I remember distinctly on the day helicopter footage of a man being rounded up by police in the woods. And I'll play that clip. That actually happened. But the mainstream media ignored that as well, didn't they? Yes, absolutely. As well as a hundred other anomalies, including that Gene Rosen there had a sign behind him, a portable sign that said, everyone must check in which was because it was a FEMA drill. You had to check it with a controller to be paid for your participation in the drill. That's right. And so let me just play this clip, because again, when you're a researcher, be you a citizen journalist or an esteemed professor like our friend James Fetzer or anybody else looking into these topics, uh, with the uh, exception of the mainstream horror media, because they don't do any research or investigative journalism, the clip I'm about to play seems kind of important. Why was it ignored by the mainstream horror media? 
They did walk a guy out of the woods. I saw him walk a guy out earlier with handcuffs. He walked by us and said he didn't do it. It was a grown man. A grown man, yeah. He's sitting in the front of the police car over there now. So, I mean... He didn't have a gun? No. I didn't see any gun. Just had him handcuffed. And he walked by us and looked into parents' eyes and said I didn't do it. How was he dressed? Uh, camo pants with a dark jacket. Okay, so camo pants and a dark jacket running around the woods, around the school. The school has been closed down for some three years, we believe, prior to this FEMA capstone level event. I don't know. I'm not a cop, James, but that seems significant. Shouldn't there have been a little bit more research into who that guy was? Why didn't the cameras go over there and film him in the back of that squad car? I'm curious. No, 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 Sean. Nothing to see here. Just move along. I mean, what could be more obviously uh, uh, problematical. I mean, you're, you're supposed to have this mass shooting, and here you got a guy running in the woods in camo and a dark jacket. I mean, obviously, they should have zeroed in on this. And of course, I'm not quite sure the happenstance of his being there. But since, in fact, it was a FEMA exercise, uh, I can't account for this. It's another of those hundred anomalies I mentioning before. Anomaly after anomaly after anomaly, just like what happened on 9-11. And we're not supposed to talk about that either. But I think the smoking gun of this story of Sandy Hook. And by the way, James has new information to share. That's the reason for this broadcast. Sophia said, you got to get James on. He has new information, which I think probably blows this thing completely out of the water. But the smoking gun on 9-11 was World Trade Center 7 collapsing at free fall speed at 525 in the afternoon and the BBC reporting about it before it collapsed. Jane Stanley reporting live from New York City. The details are sketchy, Stanley says. But the Solomon Brothers building has collapsed. Nope, it was standing behind her, smoldering. The satellite feed gets cut. Ten minutes later, the building does come down at free fall speed. I think the smoking gun of the Sandy Hook story is Adam Lanza. Adam Lanza was a ghost. The neighbors don't even remember ever seeing the kid for some three years when he supposedly lived right next to the neighbors. He's a tiny little boy, a tiny little kid. He's supposed to come into this school raging with all these weapons and shoot the place up. I think the smoking gun of Sandy Hook is Adam Lanza. What do you think? Well, Adam Lanza is certainly an implausible character. I mean, we never get an explanation for his motivation. Why he's supposed to have shot his mother and then rushed over to the school and shot his way in and then killed these 20 kids and six adults. He only weighed about 112 pounds. The amount of gear he was packing would have weighed I don't know, 80 pounds or more. I don't think he would have been physically capable. In other words, the whole thing's ridiculous from beginning to end, Sean. And I'm going to give you a proof that nobody died that I think is impossible to refute. All right. I'm going to turn it over to you. You can do screen share. And again, for the powers that ought not be in the censorship sensors, the people that control social media, big social media that don't want this conversation to be had, this is our First Amendment right to explore this topic and discuss James's evidence. I want to share it with the audience and then let the chips fall where they may. This is up to the public to decide because we know the mainstream horror media is just that. They're mercenaries. They're paid mercenaries that at this point are just paid to gaslight the American people with endless lies, James. Oh, Sean, I think you got that right. Well, we're all aware that Alex Jones not only did an interview with Tucker Carlson, but he's been welcomed back to Twitter, which I applaud. I absolutely applaud. 
I had offered to intervene on his behalf uh, in all of his lawsuits in Connecticut and in, in Austin, Texas. Uh, he sought to intervene in the Remington case. No one wanted to hear the evidence I have that demonstrates conclusively nobody died at Sandy Hook, that it was a FEMA drill presented as mass murder to promote gun control. Alex even claimed during a video deposition in Connecticut that he'd never read Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. And when you think about it, that's really quite preposterous. Not only has he got a reputation of a voracious reader, but here is a, the only objective scholarly book on this most complex and controversial issue, and he's claiming he never read so I, I put up a, a Twitter about it. Alex claims to clear the air about Sandy Hook, falling in line saying it was a real school shooting, very troubling. He talks about professors, me, and school safety experts, Wolfgang Habig, having misled him if he had only read the book. Now, here we have Alex. Know, how much... Would you like the short answer or the medium well, answer I, or the long I, answer? I think, it, I think at least the medium answer. Um, I, I, look, I guess people just want to know, like, obviously it, it, it would be, like, heartless and cruel to deny uh, a, a school shooting of children um, or to a attack the parents uh, or, or anyone who was involved. It, it's, it seems that, that that would be, you know, just incredibly mean and cruel frankly so it's sort of uh, that's that's i think you know what a lot of people are are upset about or at least they they think that is the reason to be upset about um and you know uh if that were true i think we would rightly rightly be you know upset with you yeah yes sir well please let me then just tell you what really happened okay and, and if you want me to send you a dossier with clips and videos and articles <laughs> i mean post it to your account you know um Yes, sir. I will do that. So, so let me let me tell you what happened. I'm a guy that didn't go to college. I mean, a few years of community college. I started out on Access TV 29 years ago. I was not professionally trained, uh, and by 19 by 2016, I had 30 million viewers and listeners a day conservatively. I was the biggest show, as big as Rogan is now, or bigger. And I had a very small operation and <clears throat> did not even understand how powerful I was. And so. When that event, I just call it the school shooting, which I do believe happened, happened 11 years ago, uh, the internet exploded and it was the top story for off and on for years with all the with all these uh, professors and former school safety people and, and all of them saying they believed it was a drill. And I simply covered them covering that. What was entered in court against me in, in both cases where I was found guilty by judges like in New York, there's a judge in, in, in Trump's case, not even a jury, in his real estate case. And and then years later, after Trump got elected and after I was deplatformed, it made me bigger. And so suddenly I would, would wake up and there would be sometimes 100 articles or more a day, every major news channel saying that I was currently saying nobody died, currently sending people to their houses, currently peeing on graves. I don't even know these people's names. I only said one of their names ever. Now, now, I, and, I'm, and I believe their children died and, and, and I understand okay. all that. Okay. But I'm saying, imagine, I was not deplatformed, no mention of, of, of the school shooting in Connecticut uh, for, for 
like six, seven years. <laughs> then they go back to my timeline and it turns out it was a big New York PR firm, Democratic Party. They dredge it up. They run hundreds of articles, sometimes a day, but a week for uh, over a year. Suddenly it becomes a big story again. What's the PR then firm? People... Pardon me? Which, which propaganda firm was this? PR is a public relations is a propaganda propaganda word for propaganda. So I think we should call yeah, yes. PR firms propaganda firms because that is in fact what they do. Um, so what propaganda yes, firm was this? I will find the name as soon as I'm off because I can't do two things. I'm not good at doing two things at once. I can't walk into bubble gum, but I will post it to the uh, yeah to two X because after they got their one point five billion dollar judgment and asked for two point six seven trillion that the, the GDP of India, I'm not joking, folks, that's Bloomberg. They then came out and bragged that they had quarterbacked the whole thing. They're, they're one of the biggest, they do the UN's PR. Okay. Not, that, that they had quarterbacked quote, destroying Alex Jones. And so I did question it. I did say at times I could see that, I'm not even say it now, they'll take it out of context. Hey, Jim, do you have a second? Can I interrupt? I did have, what they entered in court on me sure. was 23 minutes isn't it funny to listen to Alex Jones just redrudge the history there for Elon Musk? Because at least in this case, Elon is giving Alex more time to defend himself than Alex ever got in court. And Sean, by the way, uh, he mentions that judges found him guilty. None of these cases have ever gone to a jury. None of them have been decided on their merits. They've all been decided on the basis of presupposition or assumption or in the case of Alex, failure of discovery. Even in my case, which was the closest, because I sought to introduce a huge amount of evidence, voluminous from the book, in Wisconsin, the judge has a right to just set evidence aside if he regards it as unreasonable. So even though I had a mass of evidence establishing nobody had died, he just set it all aside as unreasonable and reached a judgment on the basis of a what's called a, a summary judgment, which is only supposed to occur if there are no conflicts, no disputed facts between the parties, which mine and uh, the plaintiff in this case, Leonard Posner, could not have been more opposite because, you know, my position, whereas he was claiming he had a son, Noah Posner, who died at Sandy Hook, and then a death certificate that I had published that he had actually put up on a Google Plus page that Kelly Watt had shared with me, which was incomplete. It had no file number, no uh, town certification of being accurate, no state, state certification of being a true copy, none of the above, where according to Connecticut law, not even parents are allowed to possess incomplete death certificates. He claimed it was all real, and his, even though uh, altogether, prior to the oral hearing, four death certificates, four different versions of the same death certificate have been introduced, and I had two not one, but two forensic document experts who submitted their reports, which were before the court, that all four of those death certificates were fake, including the one that I had published, where I even had an affidavit from Kelly Watt that it was the same as the one she'd been provided by the plaintiff himself, nevertheless found me guilty of defamation for claiming that this death certificate was a fabricated uh, fake document. 
even though I had two forensic document experts who were supporting me, Sean, I mean, this tells you, gives you some slight indication of how far it went. And I'm now under court order that I cannot reiterate. I'm merely explaining what the case was about over this disputed death certificate. And I'll, I'll give you evidence, and, and some of this evidence was actually before the court as well, which will surprise you because it really leaves no doubt that the alleged decedent is, in fact, alive and well. It's unreal. Well, see, now this is so puzzling because uh, for the audience who might just be covering this on a cursory basis, right, just listening in because I've decided to interview you today, they may not know some of this history. So let's just slow down and be really concise about what you're saying. And these are your words. And uh, what's being alleged here is that the death certificate of Noah Posner is not accurate or valid. Isn't a death certificate, isn't the only way to get one? Uh, isn't it issued by the coroner? Who issues a death certificate? And how have you come to conclude that Noah Posner's is invalid? Well, multiple grounds. But of course, I had the massive proof that nobody had died at Sandy Hook. So a bit of FEMA drill. Now, somebody could die during a FEMA drill. But in this death certificate, it claimed that he died at Sandy Hook Elementary School on 14 December 2012 of multiple gunshot wounds. Not that he stepped in a puddle of water and happened to be accidentally electrocuted, for example. Mm -hmm. The fact is, this lawsuit was brought because the book, which had been banned by Amazon, as I previously observed, had been released to the public for free as a PDF what? And it had been downloaded millions of times. They were trying to staunch the blow. In other words, when I learned Amazon had banned the book, I recognized it was political. There was no point in disputing it with Amazon. I just released a book for free as a PDF, one of the best things I've ever done. I was about to go on with Jeff Rance that very evening, and I announced that. And Rance carried it on his blog for you know all those years ever since. 2015, I mean, my judgment was, what, 2019? So for four years or more, it was available to the public on multiple sides. They they wanted this lawsuit so I could get a ban on the book by claiming it contained defamatory information and tell individuals that if they continue to allow it to be downloaded for free, they'd be in violation of a court order. That was the game plan, Sean. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because, again, I'm just going off memory. Um, I have seen evidence that suggests, because again, if we consider this entire event, if it was some sort of FEMA event, if the official story is not entirely accurate, to say the least, then it would require many people to be in on the conspiracy, right? Whatever this thing is, whatever actually happened has been covered up and an official version of events has been rolled out and parroted by the mainstream media. But by definition, that would mean that people must be on the take. People must be part of the conspiracy. Did any children die, in your view, that day? And do you have any proof that would help us understand maybe what the compensation was for those who took part in this thing if it was just an event and not an actual oh. massacre? Oh, absolutely, Sean. I'll be glad to elaborate. But I think if we move forward, I'll just fill in all the blanks as we go forward. I'm using Alex here to give you a framework, and then I'll present proof that demonstrates that three of the key figures who are alleged to have died at Sandy Hook are, in fact, alive and well, and that even the medical examiner is supposed to have died in the meanwhile, 
who, by the way, reacted like a, a vampire to a cross when I showed him one of those four death certificates that had a printed partial file number. He, he said he had no idea what that was in and of itself. That ought to have been stunning indication something was terribly wrong. But to give you a bottom line, I mean, the contributions from the public have totaled anywhere from uh, 27 to a $130 million and divided by 26 families, the survivors, that, that is uh, a take of between one and five million bucks for participating in a, in a FEMA drill. I mean, it's embarrassing, Sean. And then, then the, the school board was given $50 million for a new elementary school. And I checked at the time in elementary schools. It says a kindergarten through a fourth grade school only run about seven million across the nation, but they got seven times seven million to build what? The Taj Mahal of elementary schools? I mean, the way in which this was done was massive, but you're absolutely right. The whole state was in on it, from the governor to the lieutenant governor to the Connecticut State Police to the school board to Newtown to the fire department to the police department. I mean, I'm telling you, it was quite elaborate, and it was orchestrated by the Obama administration, as I'm going to explain. Okay. And is there any truth to the allegation that uh, multiple mortgages in that area were paid off right around Christmas time? Yeah, and of course, there aren't any, yeah, no business transactions take place on Christmas Eve. Yeah, one of the chapters of the book, they banned addresses the fact that there appear to have been many families, and these were Sean's synthetic families. They were put together. Most of the parties aren't even married, though they pretend to this day that they remain married. And and yeah, a lot of the homes were provided for no charge. And by the way, families that didn't want to be a part of this moved out of Newtown so they wouldn't have anything to do, wouldn't be connected with it. It's a Elaborate story, but I'll nail it for you as we proceed. Okay, I'll shut up. You've got screen share capability. Just <laughs> one last aside, though. Do you recall, do you have any memory at all of that Super Bowl halftime performance with the children? I don't think it was actually televised nationally in the traditional sense, but video does exist of this event. It was prior to the Super Bowl. You know, they have events all day long you know, in the Super Bowl. And so it'll be on ESPN or whatever that, you know, TV's live all day promoting the Super Bowl. Well, one of these things that happened was this group of kids, this chorus came in. I think it was called the Newton Chorus or the Newtown Chorus, the children's choir. They came in and they sang, I can't remember what, America the Beautiful or something. And the children in that choir looked a heck of a lot like the children that were said to have died at Sandy Hook. Uh a, a couple of them were supposed to be among the decedents. You're right. It's not the whole group because these were created in many different ways. You may recall Wayne Carver, whom I've already mentioned, a medical examiner, explained when he held a press conference the following day that the parents were not allowed to come into contact with their children, that they were identified on the basis of photographs, which was appropriate because... Most of them only existed in the form of photographs. Others were borrowed kids. One of my researchers, Mona Alexis Presley, even found evidence that some of the parents used photographs of themselves as children to be their lost child from Sandy Hook. It was that bad, Sean.
All righty. Well, you've got screen share capability and uh, I'll just sit back and enjoy the ride here. You got it, Alex. Still talking. A video and audio over five, six years. We did an audit. I hadn't talked about them when they sued me for two years. I refused to talk about it. I apologized when the PR firm got involved and I'd know who it was at the time. It was just all the news. I said, hey, I thought it happened. Yeah. I said it happened. I said it happened. I decided it happened five years after it happened. So I said, I'm not the Sandy Hook guy. It turns out some of these experts that said it didn't happen are crazy. They made up stuff. I said, I believe it happened. And then they spun it and said, oh, now he admits he lied about it. So it, it, it isn't who I was. It's kind of like they've done with you and you did nothing like I did. I mean, I did question it. I did say a few times that I thought it hadn't happened, but I, but I didn't turn the knife. I didn't really think about it. I thought about how I was talking about the internet with YouTube yeah. videos with 30, 40 million views that I didn't make. Sure. It was a hot okay. topic that would come back from time to time. But, but no, I was not the creator of it. I was not the progenitor of it. I was not the guy pushing it. Yeah. And, and then I kept saying, no, I believe it happened. And they went, aha, you now admit you lied for money. So what's not true is I never made any money off of it. I barely ever covered it. It's not my identity. And it's just like they misrepresent what you say, take one little thing and twist it and, and, and then say, you need to apologize for it. And then they just keep hammering it and hammering it and hammering it and hammering it. So I've been hey, James, Mr. Fetzer, doesn't it feel like I Alex mean, is I'll, using I'll like diplomatic one. speech to try to explain to Elon what happened as opposed to explaining it the way he would explain it on his show, laying out the tenets of false flag terror used time and time and time again to get us into war after war, the Gulf of Tonkin, 9-11, the 7-7 bombings in London. He could really explain this better for the audience than he's doing. And I'm not sure. suggesting he's dumbing it down on purpose, but I'm implying that that might oh. be the case he's prevaricating he knows better i mean this is a false depiction i'm sorry to say it looks to me like it's orchestrated you know robert barnes the attorney went into alex's case in austin and has said the courtroom was unlike any he'd ever seen before that there were three cameras set up in there one was on the jury and it looked to him like a made-for-tv movie oh yeah I think Alex is not going to have to pay any of the nearly billion in fines with which he's been confronted. This was all supposed to be an intimidation tactic, so no one should pursue it. Justice coming after me with a lawsuit, there was a separate trial for damages after I'd been found guilty in this abusive summary judgment procedure that took me all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Because given that there were disputed facts, it violated my right to have the jury decide the facts, which a judge preempted by just setting them aside so that we have a procedure in Wisconsin that's inconsistent with those in other states. I use Texas as a contrast, where my case would have been thrown out off the bat in Texas, or it would have been sent to a jury and I would have been able to present my evidence and have prevailed. And after we finish our conversation today, I don't think anyone's going to have any doubt that this whole thing is uh, a fraud and that nobody died and that Alex is simply playing along. Sad to say. Hey, friends, apologies for the quick break and a word from our sponsor. Just when you thought it was safe, interest rates spiked and new threats have come out of nowhere. Tensions are boiling from Asia to Europe and adapting to this turmoil is the key 
to safeguarding your wealth. Perhaps you've not considered gold before, but now is the time. It's insurance, and right now, you need some insurance. Noble Gold Investments has been protecting investors from disaster for years with precious metals. So if you're worried, it might be time to take a fresh look at gold and silver. Gold is a multi-century proven safe haven to shield your portfolio. And right now, Noble Gold Investments is offering a free three ounce silver American virtue coin with its new IRAs this month. If you open your Noble Gold Investments IRA or 401k rollover right now, you can claim your coin today. Remember, crisis brews, gold insulates. Secure yourself and your portfolio against the threats. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com right now. noblegoldinvestments.com. It's the gold company I trust. A fraud and that nobody died and that Alex is simply playing along, sad to say. Well, with an eye on the clock, if we said we're going to go another 25 minutes, we can go longer if you need to. I really want to get into the meat of your evidence because I think you do have some blockbuster stuff to share. So have we heard enough from Alex, do you think, at this point? Well, I was wanting, he talks about professors and school safety experts having misled him, and that would be me and Wolfgang Halbigs. There's yeah. over 100 apologies sure. that I've given, over 100. In fact, probably 500. Every show I go on, they ask those. I apologized on Joe Rogan's show five years ago. I apologized on Patrick Ben David's show five years ago. I, I mean, these are prominent ones. I apologize sure. on, on every show, and I'll say it again. I apologize that I just gave my commentary, because I'm really just a guy that a talk radio host, so I do that on the internet. I just take calls and interview guests, and that I play devil's advocate, and if that hurt people's feelings, I apologize. But I did not send people to your houses. I, I did not pee on graves. I, I don't know any of this stuff that went on. And then when they had the trials, after I was found guilty, trials on damages, there was never any video of people peeing on graves, any video of people at houses. There was an FBI agent who was there that day at the tragic event in New Haven, Connecticut. It's Sandy, it, I'll say the name. He, he was there and he didn't have an FBI vest on and his gun was pointed the wrong direction, pointed upside down. The internet questioned him. When he got on the stand in Connecticut, my lawyer said, Is he, has Mr. Jones ever said your name? No. Has Mr. Jones ever put your picture on the internet? No. Have any of his hosts done it? No. Sean, let me just say, this is more utter nonsense, phony baloney coming from Alex. We have uh, photographs of a SWAT team member walking up and down Dickinson Drive carrying a weapon upside down by the magazine. No one with experience with firearms would do that. Magazines are designed to be rapidly put in, installed, and removed to re reload. This is David Wheeler, it appears, who is also the husband uh, 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 of uh, his wife, turns out to have been the personal assistant to the leading fundraiser for the Democrat Party. I mean, this is all Francine Wheeler. They both have acting credits. I mean, real acting credits. It's all ridiculous. Here's what I say now, just to carry forward. What if Alex had read the book? During the deposition, he said he hadn't read it. What sense does that make to have never read? The only objective study with 13 experts, including six PhDs, that concluded the school was closed and there were no students there? Here's a part of a review of the book, by the way. 
This story first came my way by by Mike Adams in his report Amazon was getting into the book banning business with this particular title, which to me proved that whatever the book's point was well worth looking into. The authors made it easy by publishing a book in PDF format and making it freely available here and many other locations, editors note, which the Posner v. Fetzer lawsuit was designed to staunch and which under court order I'm not presently able to provide. So I have read the book. This is uh, 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 Brian Wright, who did the review, a wonderful review, and, and digested its essentials as a professional editor. I find nobody's copy editing and formatting less than stellar, but the book is well organized and the content bona fide. It touches all the bases and answers the hard questions. To an epistemological certainty, Sandy Hook was not real. Nobody real died. Sandy Hook was a FEMA drill with the purpose of generating support for an extreme gun control and federal power agenda. This review has simply cataloged the main factual data that demonstrates the certainty. 489 students minus 20 equals 469 students plus 70 staff and teachers. Nowhere to be found. No evacuation. The benefits to those participating in the Sandy Hook hoax have been substantial. The donation site created by families of the victims, some of which Sean went up before the event, have hauled in over 27 million or in excess of a million per family. Was Sandy Hook Elementary even operational on December 14, 2014, or had it long been abandoned? In an interview with Wolfgang Halbig on Truth Radio Show on March 21st, 2014, InfoWars reporter Dan Bondini said at the 545 mark, the school's been closed down for God knows how long. Neighbors can't understand why there were kids in that building because it was condemned. Reports of Sandy Hook Elementary being contaminated with asbestos requiring extensive repairs. Photographic evidence of an abandoned school. Absence of handicapped parking spaces and signage. Absence of internet activity from 2008 to 2012. Wolfgang Halberg's Freedom of Information Hearing. Among our most important discoveries have been the FEMA manual for the Sandy Hook event appendix A, which specifies a rehearsal will be conducted on December 13, 2012, with the event going live on the 14th. These photographs, day after the shooting, provide further substantiation of my inference that the school had been closed by 2008, which I published with Amanda in Sandy Hook Elementary School, closed in 2008, a stage in 2012, the building is covered with moss and grime, with many indication of repairs left undone. Exhibit 1, absence of compliance with Americans with Disabilities Act. Exhibit 2, present of electrical hazard for teachers, staff, and students alike. Exhibit 3, absence of wheelchair accessibility and improper maintenance. Exhibit 4, presence of stored items of every shape, kind, and description. Now, it just happens that I was during most of last year, 2022, in contact with participants in the event itself, as I'm going to explain. They are the parties who are cast as Emily Parker and as Victoria Soto, Emily being the blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl, so adorable, Victoria Soto being the teacher who valiantly gave her life, also demonstrate that Noah Posner was a fiction created out of photographs of his older half-brother, Michael Wabner. Let's begin there. 
This is supposed to be at least identified so in photographs published millions of times around the world. Leonard Bosner with little Noah. Kelly Watt noticed that they had similar features. This is Michael Babner on the left. This is little Noah on the right. And they seem to have the same eyes, the same eyebrows, the same nose, the same mouth, the same uh, 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 jaw, same, same features. So I did a superposition. I had a friend who's done brilliant work of superimposing little Noah over Michael Wagner. And if you put the pupils of the eyes equal distant, you have the same features fall into place if it's the same person. As you can see here, it is the same person. Michael Wagner is, in fact, a, I think he was in college at the time. He's been doing stand-up comedy in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So obviously, uh, the, the death certificate in question cannot be authentic if the decedent is, in fact, still alive. Well, a fellow reached out to me by telephone, uh, initiating the most fascinating adventure of my life. We spoke almost daily for six months since 26 December 2021. Emily found Noah celebrating his eighth birthday on a Lenny page. She also found the exercise on Connecticut FEMA's own scheduling agenda. They even included a map from Bridgeport to Sandy Hook School. This is Steve who called me at 5.53 p.m. Central on Sunday, 26 December, to say he was a friend of a research colleague and wanted to reach out to me. We had many photographs. He called the second time, 27 Web, about the photograph of Noah celebrating his eighth birthday, which I'm not allowed to share because uh, he'd immediately moved to have it taken down. My last call in the sequence where we were speaking virtually daily, sometimes multiple times a day, was on 3 June 2022. But we've had perhaps a half a dozen phone calls since. Now, this is supposed to be Emily Parker there on the right. Turns out this photograph was photoshopped. Those are supposed to be her two sisters, but they're not actually her sisters. They're her cousins. Here's Emily actually there at the scene in the crowd on the day of the rehearsal, 13 December 2012. Her actual name is Margaret Alice Cottle. And if you look at the Parker gravesite, there's a Cottle gravesite right beside, I believe that's from Utah. Here she is with her two cousins. They're supposed to be her sisters, as I said. A fellow Robbie Parker, who was supposed to be her father, was actually her uncle. Here she is today, Margaret Alice Cottle. Brilliant, brilliant young woman. I have been tremendously impressed by her. More to come. Meanwhile, we have Victoria Lee Soto. What do we learn from her Wikipedia page? Victoria Lee Soto was an American teacher who was killed in the San Diego Elementary School shooting after the gunman, Adam Lanza, entered the school. She hit her students. When the student later ran from their hiding places, she was reportedly shot four times by Lanza, died while trying to shield them with her body. She has since been hailed as a, hum as a hero and is the posthumous recipient of a Presidential Citizen Medal. And there's a photograph of the very fetching Victoria Soto. Hey, here's S.J. Rollins. 
You mentioned Victoria Soto. That's her on the right. Resurrected as Eva Morales in time to be shot at Uvalde Jim, Did you know our favorite Muslim, Dr. Oz, had a kid on his TV show, Survives Andy Hook? The Turkish doctor asked a few leading softball questions like, are you proud of your teacher? The kid shrugs his shoulders and says, yes. After this continue, the kids get frustrated and noise and says it was a drill. What? And Dr. Oz does nothing with a bomb this kid just dropped? Can anyone see the ridiculousness? There they are. I was actually on the phone with Steve. When Margaret, there with him, was on the phone with Victoria, whose real name is... Uh, Victoria, she's a, she's a, a, the daughter of the clown town clerk for Sandy Hook. And Margaret was asking her how much she was paid for Uvalde, and she told her $210,000. Aurelio, her real name, Victoria Rulio. She's a daughter of Debbie Aurelio, who's a town clerk for Newtown. Now, this is most interesting because Wayne Carver is supposed to be dead. But in footage for Uvalde, there he is in the background, have no doubt about it. But the healing will take place. It's just going to take a while. The healing will take... Dr. H. Wayne Carver was a weird, weird cat. A weird cat. I remember a big part of this story. It's all going down the memory hole at this point. But that dude was weird. Like, was he actually even a coroner? There's some weird stuff going on with that guy, regardless of who these two people are in this photo. He seemed to really yeah. get off on it. Say that last part, John. I said he seemed to really get off on it. He seemed to really get off yeah. on taking center stage and having the limelight uh, during this entire That's event. If you watch the press conference, you can see there are Connecticut state troopers who are having trouble stopping from laughing out loud. They had smirks on their face because this whole thing was an elaborate fraud. I mean, it's just embarrassingly bad. Mm -hmm. Let me continue, Sean. E Emily, Margaret, actually led me to discover where in the Connecticut Emergency Management, Connecticut FEMA, they had the exercise at Sandy Hook, right on their schedule for 12-14-2012. FEMA exercise L-366 playing for the needs of children in disasters at Sandy Hook Elementary, 18 miles away from Bridgeport. They've included a map to show how you could get from Bridgeport to Dickinson Drive, where the school was located, Sean. And I, I found that, and I even included that, as well as a FEMA manual for Sandy Hook and my submissions to the United States Supreme Court. Now, notice here, the sign actually says Sandy Hook School. It doesn't say Sandy Hook Elementary School. Sean, that's because it wasn't even an elementary school. It was actually, I learned from them, a special needs school for kids, for example, who suffered from autism. And would you believe if you actually looked at an aerial photograph, here you can see there's no steam or heat rising from the building, even though it was a 38-degree Fahrenheit day, above freezing but too cold to conduct classes unless you had the boilers going, which I believe were dysfunctional for so many years of non-service. 
you have no handicap parking, the, the familiar blue and white signage. You have these rows of cars all parked facing the building. Now, that's especially anomalous, Sean, because you notice the driving instruction. And, and by the way, the very configuration here shows it wasn't an elementary. It should have been U-shaped. So buses could come in one side and go out the other while driving in the same direction. They don't have that because this was just a special need. You'd come in, drop off your kid, and take off. But here you would have come in, curled to the right, curled around, then parked facing away. And yet all these vehicles are parked facing a building. Why? Well, I think it's obvious. It's because it was simpler, easier to bring them in in a single string and put them in two by two by two. Who, who was even going to notice? And get this, Sean. You can scour the aerial photographs of Sandy Hook, and you'll not find a playground. When have you ever heard of an elementary school that did not have a playground? Now, what they explained to me is the whole op was run by Eric Holder, who is Obama's attorney general. At the school, yes, it was closed by 2008, but it actually closed in 2006. It was in a considerable state of disrepair. It had been damaged by a hurricane, they even had a flood in the area. We have a contractor went over in 2010 with a friend he was visiting nearby to pick up some school desks on the cheap for his kids to use. He couldn't believe the deplorable condition. According to them, Eric Holder came to Newtown in 2006. He offered the community $140 million to participate in this drill. They had auditions for roles. They had non-disclosure agreements. They had fringe benefits. Those who participated don't pay taxes. They get free college. And the families, as I indicated before, who did not want to participate, moved out of Newtown. In other words, this was in the planning for, for eight years from 2006. Uh, to 2012 for six years, 2006 and 2012, for them to set it all up. And get this, the Connecticut State Police ran the scene behind, ran the drill behind the scene. Sean, it is outrageous. Indeed, uh, a wonderful private investigator with whom I've done a lot of cases like uh, Buffalo, uh, Uvalde, Nashville, Brian Davidson actually got into the Connecticut State files and discovered photographs there that, for example, down a hallway where you're supposed to have the body of uh, Don Hospring, the school principal, and Mary Sherlock, the school psychologist, lying in pools of blood. There are not only no bodies, but there are no pools of blood. In another, the classroom, where there's supposed to be a stack of little kids' bodies, there's not only no no bodies and no blood, but there are no school desks, no school chairs. All the furniture is shoved up to the side of the wall. In other words, he not only got proof out of the Connecticut State files that it hadn't been a mass murder, but that it wasn't even an operating school. And all that I presented to the United States Supreme Court Sean, I'm just embarrassed and ashamed the way in which our courts have been converted into mechanisms for suppressing skepticism and promoting propaganda. That's what the judicial system in the United States has been reduced to at this point in time.
Well, that's the horrifying conclusion that we're all coming to. There is no more justice, and the justice system is an oxymoron to even call it that. It's not about justice at all, ever. It's about persecuting and prosecuting. It's about getting convictions. That's where the average attorney general's brain sits and the average prosecuting attorney these days and the average soulless judge in these fixed kangaroo courts. That's all they care about is their version of officialdom. And I have to conclude it's because they're all on the take because they have to know. Well, let me ask you, do you think that these average judges, these that are persecuting and prosecuting people like you and Halbig and Alex Jones, do you think they know the truth and they're just that overtly evil or more likely, do they believe officialdom? Because, you know, a lot of the population does. A lot of the population believes Alex Jones is a bad guy who lied about Sandy Hook when you and I both know he never had reason to lie about Sandy Hook. He just wanted to explore what happened that day, like an investigative journalist ought to do. Well, Sean, uh, you presented at this junction incompetence, ignorance, even deliberate ignorance versus corruption, deliberate violations of protocols, including for summary judgment. I can guarantee you my case documents in spades, and it's also true of the other cases that have been brought before courts where none of them have been decided on their merits, violations of procedures, protocols, and statutes for the conducting of these proceedings that were repeatedly and egregiously violated by the courts. So I think we're stuck that it's inescapable that one or the other, or some would suggest both are the case, except presumably if they were in the know, it would be that much more serious when they're abusing the judicial process. So whether it's out of a sense of devotion to the state and in a way of punishing those of us who are, you know, disrupting the narrative, because we do not accept what we've been told, and for very good reason, they have systematically uh, uh, dissected us in the judicial process by violating their own protocols in order to reach what I was told by the Sandy Hook participants were predetermined conclusions. They told me through Steve that in every case, these judicial hearings had predetermined conclusions, Sean. Predetermined conclusions. Absolutely. That's exactly what happened to Alex Jones. The judge literally told the jury, your job is not to find this man guilty or innocent. The court has already found him guilty. Your job is to determine how much money he owes. I mean, that's how kangaroo courtish the nature of our judiciary has become. And let me ask you this. The Smith-Munt Act completely reworked in 2012. Now, refresh my memory. Didn't the Sandy Hook event take place on what was it? December 13th, 14th? 2012. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Well, yeah. the Smith Munt Act, because it was rewritten under Obama, allows the government to lie to the people domestically. They can use propaganda domestically, which to me brings this whole story full circle. Okay. People say, why? Why would this happen? Why would the government do this? Why would there be deep state operations like this? Well, what do they hate more than our free speech? They hate our gun rights. 
They despise the Second Amendment. So Sophia Smallstorm has concluded, as have you, that this was a mass casualty drill exercise to help propagandize domestically that guns are bad. And if we simply outlaw guns, then children dot 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 safe. Sean, I, I think that's exactly right. But they suppress relevant evidence. Americans use guns to defend themselves from assaults millions of times every year, saving an estimated 200,000 innocent lives per annum. Now, you compare that with uh, deaths from gun violence somewhere around, say, 75, 80,000 a year, more than half of which are from suicide. And you're talking about taking guns away from Americans to defend themselves. That's going to increase the number of gun deaths minimally by 200,000 a year, which is like five times the number who currently died mostly from gang shootings because the overwhelming majority of gun deaths are from black gang members shooting other black gang members, where the percentage of those who are, you know, a black shooting whites is about 10% of that. Uh, 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 and where the percentage of white shooting blacks is about 10% of that 10%. In other words, it's very, very rare that you have white shooting blacks, but by virtue of propagandistic techniques, they take the cases they want to focus upon and exaggerate them to give you a totally false impression. Indeed, it turns out, Sean, worldwide, the greater the gun ownership, the lower, the lower the homicide rate. The Democrats act on precisely the opposite assumption. More guns, more gun death. But the facts worldwide contradict it. We had a nice illustration in Brazil recently where they had strict gun control, and then they had a, a guy who believed in the citizens' rights, and he liberalized the gun laws, and the homicide rate plummeted. Mm -hmm. Now he's been replaced, and they're restoring those restrictions, and the homicide rate's going back up. Sean, yeah. the Democrats are lying to us, you're 100% correct. Obama nullified the Smith Act of 1948, which precluded the use of the same techniques of propaganda and disinformation within the United States that were heretofore only allowed to be used outside of the United States and legalized all these phony events, not just Sandy Hook, the Boston bombing, Orlando and Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, Las Vegas, Uvalde. Buffalo, Nashville, Brian and I, as I've said, have done a lot of work on this. And anyone who wants to go further should download our law enforcement false flag staged event checklist, which has links to a whole lot of studies that confirm the points I'm making here, where Amazon has now banned five more of my books, Sean, not only on Sandy Hook, but on the Boston bombing, Orlando and Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, and even the moon landing. Though that appears to be because I had a section disputing the official narrative of World War II that is based upon absolutely indefensible numbers about deaths in these camps, which actually were labor camps. They were not death camps. And where it turns out the total number who died in all the camps from all causes combined, as calculated by the International Committee of the Red Cross, 
which recalibrated their number in 1993, was 296,081, none of whom died from being put to death in a gas chamber using Zyklon B, which, by the way, was being used to delouse the inmates to kill body lice, which were spreading typhus and dysentery, in other words, to maintain the health of the inmates for the obvious reason. You can't get work out of a corpse. Would you know these camps like Auschwitz had symphony halls, they had woodworking centers, they had hospitals with OBGYN facilities, they even had brothels, because Hitler was convinced that the men would work harder if they knew they would be rewarded with sex. This just gives you an inkling, Sean, of how much we've been played historically by parties who want to dominate the exercise of our minds in the pursuit of truth. It's an outrage, and Amazon has been right in there pitching all along. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, I'll just add to that by saying demon rats and globalists, scumbags like Bill Gates, these people never miss an opportunity to spin a fact. And you guys will recall that famous picture of Bill Gates sitting next to a stack of his favorite books, one of which is Lying with Statistics. You can't make this up. And uh, oh, by the way, you mentioned the fake moon missions. Uh, As an aside, did you happen to see the news item? Google AI, Google's most advanced AI has flagged one of these men on the moon NASA pictures as being fake. (laughs) Did you see that? Listen, the whole thing was shot on a soundstage. Stanley Kubrick may have done it. I have done a very extensive report on how we know we didn't go. If you visit my blog, jameshvetzer.org, check out the 65 shows. And among the very first on the 65 shows, you'll find very extensive discussion of one proof after another. I may provide 50 proofs there of how we know we didn't go, Sean. I had a a sponsor who wanted to create a, a network built around my stuff. Yeah. Check, just click on the title there. Click on the title there, that top one, and it'll take you there. There you go. Just scroll down. That's a photo of me with Jesse Ventura and uh, Vince Bugliosi after he received a law degree in Hamlin. But look there, number two, watch these shows now. Coronavirus phenomenon, medical emergency, or political pandemic. Second, the moon landing hoax, how we know we didn't go. I encourage everyone to check it out. Believe me, there are so many there that you'll benefit from if you want to know more. And that's the point of this show today. If you want to know more, you can't listen to CNN or the Mockingbirds at MSNBC or the Mercenaries at Washington Post or the New York Times. You got to get the goods from the alternative news media. And I'm glad to call myself part of that along with our esteemed guest, Professor James Fetzer. James, I'll leave a link to your uh, website there, jameshfetzer.org below. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. My great pleasure, Sean. Getting the truth out to the American public is what it's all about. I'm so glad to join you in this effort. Well, you're a bulldog for truth, and you always have been. You know, you were ahead of the game on 9-11. You've been ahead of the game on this subject, and you've suffered the slings and arrows for being ahead of the game. And for that, we commend you. All right. God bless you, sir. Stay healthy, stay happy, and uh, happy new year, by the way.
Thank you, Sean. And let's hope that 2024 is a more positive year than we've experienced in 2023. My great pleasure. Happy New Year to everyone. All right. God bless you, sir. And uh, let's get truthy in 2024, guys, because the mainstream horror media and the powers that ought not be, they really hate it. They hate that they're losing this battle for the hearts and minds in the town square, actually. So that's why they keep booting us all off their social media platforms. So in the meantime, guys, until we meet again, check us out for free every day at SGTReport.com. That is the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those pesky mockingbird mainstream media Smith Munt Act lies. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. I think it's real probable that we have two DNA on this planet. One is God's creation, human DNA. The other is this hybrid alien style DNA and the alien pure blood DNA. They recruit humans to serve their purpose like the Young Global Leaders Program and the WF. And they're at war with humanity and to get back at God, they want to destroy humanity.